All right, well, welcome to each and every one that's here. Blesses my soul to see a lot of people. I don't know who they are. It's good to put some names to the sergeant. And I don't forgot the other young one's name over there, but I know Brandon talks about y'all a lot, so y'all guys welcome. Um, yeah, uh, I'm terrible. I'm sorry. I can't even remember important dates in my family, so don't. It's, it's just that's who I am. But we are very thankful for all you guys that are soldiers and, and for Memorial Day and, and what it means to us. There's a couple quotes I want to look at here. Um, Carl, if you pop up the first one in honor of Memorial Day. Courage is almost a contradiction in terms, it means a strong desire to live, taking form of the readiness to die. That's a soldier. The next one. Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. And that is so true. And then one more. Great Ronald Reagan. And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men, surely with our actions we must strive to keep faith with them and with the vision that led them to the battle and to the final sacrifice. So it is a, it's a good weekend, but it's, it's a lot more than a day and a day off. It's a lot more than, than getting Monday off, which I know we're all very thankful for. But um, y'all guys keep this in your heart and in your spirit as you go through this this weekend. So a couple weeks ago, um, I wasn't up last Sunday, but a couple weeks ago, we talked about a Bible verse, and we said it was a dangerous prayer, and we texted it out to you guys a lot, and if you're not on our text line, I would really encourage you guys to get on our text line. It's a way we communicate, and do we remember what that Bible verse is? Because anybody read that Bible verse enough that they could quote it off the top of their head? Anybody? It worked good, didn't it? All right, Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Let's go ahead and read it, Carl, if you want to put it up. And let's read it together, okay? Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Um, do you have it? Okay, it goes like this. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. All right, y'all say it with me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It was, it was kind of weird because, you know, the text came out every morning to remind us to do this. And I remember I, was, I had a doctor's appointment and I was sitting in the doctor's office and I was irritated because the nurse was making me wear that mask, which is, just infuriates me. I know I should and, and I wanted to be respectful. But I, anyway, we were going back and forth a little bit, not, not in a bad way, but I remember texting my wife, Kind of picking nursing, and right below me I wrote, search me, try me, know my anxious. I was like, Ugh. every day it's just, con- it's good to have a constant reminder of this prayer, you know. Today, I, want, I do want to talk about another prayer. Um, it is a dangerous prayer. I think it's more dangerous um, than the one that we prayed before. Um, this one, I believe that even less of y'all will do because of what this prayer means. And I think even less of y'all will try this every day, although I encourage you to do it. I am going to challenge you because I want you guys to challenge me in my life. So I'm going to challenge you to do this, this prayer, even though it's hard. I have had this in my thought processes for about three weeks now, and this one is not a good one. And it's a prayer that I want you to pray every day. So what we're doing is we're taking a prayer, we're taking a couple verses, and we're remembering them every day, and we're praying these prayers so we, we, we did Psalms 139, which was search me, try me, know me. And this one, I, wanna, I want y'all guys to, to think about and to process this week as we go through, is a prayer called Break Me. Every morning, 
you get up, the first thing that you do is you say, God, today, I want you to break me. Now, I don't know how many of y'all like the process of getting broken, but it is not a fun process. It is a hard, hard, hard process. When God breaks us, there's always, almost always, and this is what we got to get a hold of. When we pray, God, break me, we realize that there's a blessing on the other side of breaking that we have yet to experience. When God says, break me, and, and we say to God, break me, we know that there's a blessing coming that we have not yet experienced because we haven't been through this brokenness yet. We're going to read two stories today. They're side by side. They're in the same chapter. They're in Mark 15. If you have your Bibles, you're, you're more than welcome to turn to Mark 15 with me. Uh, Luke writes about the same story, but we're, we're going to talk a little bit about and the first, the first uh, story in Mark 15. We're going to talk about a very sinful woman. Now, that's not by, it just happened to be that this is what this one's about. We're not picking on women, I promise. Not, not, not all women are awesome. We know that. Uh, but this particular woman was a prostitute. Now, this sinful woman, this prostitute, you know, it was kind of interesting because if you think about how someone ends up in prostitution, you would never think that someone's going to wake up at 14, 15 years old and be like, you know what? I want to be a prostitute. That's what I'm going to be. I want to be in the top 10 of all the prostitutes in the world. I mean, very few. I don't think that's almost anybody's dream ever, I don't think. You know, so it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, th- this lady was already kind of, she was despised. Other women despised her. They didn't like her. Men used and abused her. Um, but I, more than likely, she resorted to this for some reason. More than likely, she resorted to prostitution for a reason. Maybe she was a, a single mom, compared bills. I, I don't know what it was. But then Jesus came along in this story in Mark, and Jesus showed her respect, the proper amount. Jesus showed her honor, the proper amount. Jesus showed her dignity, the proper amount. And Jesus loved her appropriately. I love that. And it so transformed this woman. It so transformed this woman Let's read about it. Let's read about it. It's in Mark 14, verse 3, and it goes like this. It says, While he was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. So we look at the beginning of this story. It's kind of weird because you have Jesus. He's a rabbi. You notice where he's at. He's at Simon the leper's house, right? Which is very unique right there in itself. But you have Jesus, a rabbi. You have Simon the leper. It'd be, it'd be kind of like a joke. It's like a rabbi, a leper, and a prostitute walked into a bar. I mean, that's kind of what you got going on here. You got a, kind of a, a strange situation to start with. But this woman did this extravagant act of worship. She came in and she had this perfume. Now, I will tell you this. You ever, heard, you ever heard a dad say, don't come sniffing around my daughter? Uh-uh. You know where that comes from? Well, back in the Bible, prostitutes would use perfume. It was extremely valuable to them. It was their calling card. It was what they used to attract. I guess the shower situation was worse back in the day, and so there wasn't a lots and lots of clean, nice um, what is it, suave, what is it, suave people? You know what I'm saying? The, the, you, didn't, you just didn't smell fresh. And so perfume was always used to attract men. That's what perfume was. It was very expensive. 
It was very, very valuable. They estimated that this jar of perfume that she had was worth $54,900 in today's terms. So can you imagine that a bunch of years ago? That is a lot, lot, lot of money. And you've heard people like, like you know, the disciples when they were there, well, you know, I guarantee they freaked out. They were like, you know, don't, don't waste this perfume. Why would you use all the perfume on Jesus? It's, I would have done this. It's like burning how many hundred dollar bills? A lot. And it's like, ah, why would you do that? Just, just give like 10 to Jesus and then we'll go, you know, we'll go feed the poor. You know, we'll, we'll do that. It's so valuable. Why would, you, why would you do that? This lady was giving Jesus the absolute most valuable thing that she had. It represented her past, past earnings, and it also represented her future, future earnings. But I want you to notice the words I really want to key in on, the last line of Mark 14.3. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. What was the first thing she did? Somebody say it. What was the second thing she did? Broke and poured. Broke and poured. Broken and poured. She broke and she poured. Jesus, you loved me so that I will break open the most valuable thing that I have and I will pour it out like it's nothing in a second. And yet, how often do we How often do you, during the week, hold on so tightly to the thing you know? When you said, search me, and God brought it forward, God's working on me on something. It's been for a couple couple weeks now, and I'm not going to share it today, but I will share it with you all eventually. And it's been brought to my mind about 379 million times last week, because that's how bad I am at this thing. But yet, I still, why do I hold on? Why am I not broken and poured, broken. And we're not, talking about, we're not talking about a year's worth of salary. We're talking about a bad habit. Maybe it's something, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is for you. Broken and poured. I will break it and pour it out. Broken and poured. I want these words to stick with you this week. Broken and poured. Broken and poured. The second story goes like this. This is when Jesus had gathered for his last meal. He had a bunch of his best friends with him. They were up, they were eating the, they were eating the last meal. He's with his disciples. And it says in Mark 14, it says this. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, And they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Broken and poured. Broken and poured. Luke was there. He gives a little different account. He says, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Almost all scholars will say that this particular event is... Communion. Do this 
in remembrance of me. I think it goes a little bit different. I think that this is also the that, and the that is that you need to, every day of your life, be broken. This is symbolic. When you leave here, you will see what broken and poured out really looks like in a day-by-day struggle. We all know it, but yet we hold on, and we refuse to be totally broken and totally poured out to God. This is a ritual, and it's a great one. I love communion. It's, it's awesome, but it's also a daily act. It's not just this. It's also that, broken and poured, just like Jesus was. Paul said, I am poured out like a drink offering, giving everything I have for God's glory. He was broken, poured, and broken. Our church has been through a really hard time in the last six months or eight months, whatever it's now, whatever it's been now. It's been hard. Our church has been broken and poured out in front of God, asking him for direction. And as we wait, as a church, we have to be broken. Small groups, that's why it's important. Be broken together. That's how a church becomes a church. We're broken together. I want y'all guys to remember this. You know that you impress people with your strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. Okay? Big, strong people. Yeah. It's impressive. Soldiers, they're impressive. But yet, if we really want to connect with people, we most often connect most deeply through our brokenness. You want to connect with people? You do it through your brokenness. Don't you love to find out when someone you think is so awesome actually has a struggle? <laughs> yes, they're actually, these people actually aren't as perfect as they look. They actually do struggle, just like I do. Good that they're not perfect. You can actually relate to them. They're insecure too, right? We impress people with our strengths, but we connect most deeply through our brokenness. Any time last week, were you broken? Did you get on your knees and were you broken? Remember, it's daily. It's daily, it's daily. There's this guy, uh, there's this author, he's also a psychologist, his name is Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, he has really good stuff, has a lot of really good quotes. Um, and he said this, and I love this, y'all, this is awesome. If y'all think that I cry a lot, I do, uh, mo- mostly here, but I, I do. And, I'm, and it's pretty cool, because he says, he says, I'm really convinced that God made tear ducts in the eyes for a reason. Now think about this for God made the tear ducts in the eyes for a reason. What most naturally runs on us? Our nose, right? Why wouldn't tears come out our nose? Or out our ears? Or, I mean, you could, I mean, look at us, oh, are you crying? Why do you think God made it in the eyes for? Is it so that when you look at somebody through tears, there's a special connection? You think that's why it is? That's what Dr. Henry Cloud believes. He believes that God made tears come out of the eyes as a way to connect Through brokenness, we can connect while we're breaking. We impress people with our strengths, but we connect most deeply through our brokenness. We had an incident at work that a lot of you guys know about, a young kid that worked for me or works works with us at Yoder's. His name was Jack. He got hurt really, really bad, 18 years old. Um... Man, just a good kid, just a great kid. I got to spend, he came home, finally came home from the, um, his therapies, he's going to end up going back, but he came home uh, Thursday, 
Um, I was able to go over there Friday and spend about four hours with him. And me and his dad, over the course of the last um, 80 or 90, whatever it's been, two months solid, uh, May the 3rd, I think it was, whatever it is, me and his dad have connected through this, through our brokenness a lot. We cried together at the hospital the day of. The first time I met his mom, we hugged and we cried. We cried at the parking lot. We cried in his driveway yesterday. And it is true that when you're broken and you can connect with people so much better, and it's such a part of being humble and having humility, life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. I can't wait to see what God has for Jack. He has a dream to be a missionary. He wants to be a missionary pilot. He needs both his eyes to do that. Right now, he can't use either one of them. They're both blind. I don't know what God has in store for him, but I know that he's broken and his dad is broken and they're searching God and it's awesome to watch and see their faith be so strong in their absolute brokenness. Jack's going to have a story on the other side of this. I don't know what it is. I don't, I'm, I'm actually, actually kind of scared to ask sometimes. I really am. He got hurt really bad. But life's greatest breaking often leads to God's greatest blessings. Peter looked Jesus right in the eyes, said, I'll never, ever deny you, ever. I'll never deny you. Three times, three times. Finally, Jesus was looking at Peter while Peter is denying him for the third time, and Peter broke, broke. And after the resurrection, when Christ had forgiven him, guess who Christ chose for one of the biggest gigs ever in the Bible? Peter who had just, I mean, just done as bad as you could, you could, I, I don't know how it's any worse than denying Jesus to his face. Christ forgave him. Peter broke. On the day of Pentecost, he got to be the speaker. 3,000 people born in the family of God. Christ anointed him and appointed him for that. God used one of Peter's greatest breakings for his one of his best and most awesome blessings. God doesn't waste hurts. There's a big difference between hurt and harm. We all hurt sometimes in facing hard truths, but it makes us grow. It can be a source of huge growth that is not harmful. Harm is when you damage someone. Facing reality is usually not a damaging experience, even though it can hurt as we break. Some of y'all guys will never pray this because you're too scared and you don't want to let go. You don't want to let go of what you know God is calling you to let go of. Whether it's pride, whether it's a bad habit, whether it's your tongue, whatever it is, some of you just don't want to do it and won't. And that's understandable. You don't have to pray this prayer to be a Christian. But if you want to pursue Jesus, I challenge you to pray this prayer every day this week. You get up and you say, Lord, today break me, and then hang on. Surrender. The sinful woman, the prostitute, she broke. She broke. She gave it all. Jesus, on the cross, the cross, the cross. Can you imagine the breaking that was going on at the cross? Jesus said, I don't want to do this. 
He knew. He was like, I don't even, God, if you can take this, I don't want to do this. This is, this is not going to go well for me. Jesus gave it all, broken and poured. Do this in remembrance of me. When you leave today, do that in remembrance of him. As you go out, be broken, be poured. Have some courage. I'm going to have the guys come up. We are going to do communion today, but before we, as they come up, I want, um, to all of you will come up and you can play for us a little bit. I want us to, to just have um, a couple moments. Twyla's going to play for us. Um, the Bible says that um, during the Last Supper, Jesus served his closest friends bread and wine that symbolized Jesus giving his body and his blood for our sins. Today, Christ follows followers remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and examine our lives as we take part in communion. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Everyone, it says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, it says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. And I would encourage you guys, we're going to just take a couple minutes and bow our heads. Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus, is there something in your life you know needs to be broken? If you come here, we'll pray for you. If you stay right in your seat, you and Jesus can make this connection yourself too. Broken and poor, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So we're going to take just a couple moments on every head to bow. And this is just between you and Jesus. Nobody else, you and Jesus. Don't hold on to what God is asking you to break. God, as we close our eyes for just a moment, God, we open our hearts to your spirit, God. We ask, God, that your spirit just come down today to each person, God, that is willing to break and just open their heart to you, God. Just bless these guys, Lord. Search us, try us, break us, God of all of our habits, of all of the things, God, we know you don't want in our life, God. Break us, God. Examine us, God. Bring it up. In the name of Jesus.